Hey, I'm Amber. Welcome to Politics But Make It Fashion. Come interview with me. This week, I had the pleasure of interviewing LaToy Store, who is a Philadelphia lifestyle blogger. She also is a wellness content creator. She started her blog almost 19, nine years ago after being encouraged by her therapist after suffering from postpartum depression. Since then, she has crafted a social media presence that includes showcasing that having any form of a mental health issue isn't a reason to not simply live the best life possible. Such an amazing statement right there. When she's not blogging or creating content, she enjoys spending time with her husband and her three kids, traveling, enjoying life, and having a great glass of wine. Please enjoy our interview. Guys, welcome to another episode of Politics But Make It Fashion. Come interview with me. My name is Amber Viola, and today I am interviewing blogger LaToy Store. So, welcome, welcome. How are you today? I'm good. How are you? I am very, very good. So, I randomly... I never, we never met before, but I had run across your information and stuff. I believe at like an expo or something that I was out. And so I had come across your different pages. And one of the things I loved is there's not a lot of um, black lifestyle bloggers out there right. who are interesting and, and doing, you know, just regular, regular, smegular fun things. And so that's kind of what stood out to me initially and I was like oh I really want to see like what she's doing and what she's talking about um and then on the other side about a lot about kind of like mental health and postpartum so that just made me honestly even more interested so I have a lot of questions for you and I'd love to just jump right into it and get started absolutely let's get this going okay so um, you originally had kind of started off with like doing a lifestyle blog. Mm -hmm. Um, so tell me how that blog kind of came about. It actually came about from my therapist of all places. I was in therapy because between my second and my third child, I was dealing with postpartum depression. And with this postpartum depression, I was finding that my emotions were just unregulated. Yeah. Um, you know, some days were good, some days were bad. And I was just at a really a high peak where it was either I'm going to go to therapy or this is not going to end well. So um, I ended up going to therapy. And, you know, after a few sessions, the therapist was just like, you know, you really should consider writing. You know, you have a love for writing and you should start a blog. And I was like, what's a blog? <laughs> Not knowing, like I just didn't know the basics, like what's a blog? And here, you know, I read blogs all the time, just didn't realize that's what they were. Right. And so I said, well, let me, let me look at it. And so I started the blog and that was almost nine years ago. And again, I credit my therapist who literally just wanted to find something that was for me, that was a separate from me being a mom and just have that space to kind of put my thoughts to paper. And, and that's how it started. Yeah. Wow. That, I love that. That's so kind of like such a random thing. It is very random, but it was, it was probably the best. I honestly believe it was the most life-changing therapy that I ever had because I've had therapy obviously ever since then, but it was at that moment where it's like, I was at a crossroads between, you know, having these three kids and really trying to find my way. So it was really helpful. Yeah. Wow. So you had said that you didn't even really know kind of what um, 
blogs even really were at that time Mm -hmm. when you were doing it did you have an idea of what you thought it would be and it kind of turned out different or you just went into it like with no idea I went into it with no idea. So again, you know, you read things online and you're not realizing that those were like some of the earlier blogs and it's like, yeah. oh, okay, that that's what this is. But, you know, you don't realize the cadence that you may need. Mm. Um, you know, some people write one every week. Some people do one every month. At the time when I started, to be honest with you, it was like one here and there, just kind of like sporadic. And I probably did more around the holidays because everybody was stressing. You know, everybody stresses around the holidays. Yeah. So that's probably when I went into it. But then after that, I was just like, okay, so then now what? Like, we've gotten through the holidays. And then what is what am I going to write about? Like, how does this work? How much of myself do I want to write into it? And this was before, in my opinion, before social media kind of took off. Because I was able to write all these blogs without people seeing my face. like Right. Yeah. Yeah. I could just yeah. do me and didn't really have to put the person in. Like, it was always personal, but it didn't have my face connected to it. So, yeah, kind of like the, the good thing back then. Now it's kind of <laughs> like you kind of have to show up. You have to be the face of your, you know, your brand, the blog and all those things now. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. When So I had I also had postpartum um, okay. depression and things like that and I I didn't know that I had it initially so were you aware that you were kind of going through postpartum and reached out to a therapist or you just knew that something was off so here's the thing I did everything so this is why I'm I'm glad we talked about this because there's going to be a person who's listening to this who's probably going through the same thing I went through so I did everything that the book tells you to do right by the book everybody says to reach out to the community that you're building or your you know the people in your village And I did that. So I reached out to the people in my village and I'm saying, hey, you know, I'm really feeling completely overwhelmed. And everybody told me the same thing. Well, you should sleep when the baby sleeps. Um, Take a shower, you know, focus on eating and doing all these things. But I couldn't correlate the fact that I would have these outbursts to where I was like screaming on the top of my lungs. So like at the time, my fiance at the time, and I'm like, this is not normal for me. Like I'm not normal for me to be at such a height where I find like I wasn't dangerous or I didn't feel like I was going to harm my kids or anything, but I just felt like I could see it before it was happening, but couldn't stop it from happening. And so I was like reaching out and everybody gave me the same advice, sleep. when So of course I would go to sleep and I'm still waking up enraged. So I'm like, this can't be normal. And it was one day where I had this episode where I was to the brink of the point where I was like, I'm going to call the police on my husband. Well, he's my husband now, but my fiance at the time, because I was so enraged and I don't even know what the situation was. And it yeah. was at that moment. I was like, okay, girl, something is going on. This right. is not literally doing anything. You're just all over the place. And so one of my friends pulled me to the side because she was there. And while I was having this moment and she was like, you probably should talk to someone. And that's really what, how it got started. I had no idea what postpartum was I had never heard of it, like never even heard of it. All the doctor's appointments, nobody told me about it. Nobody kind of prepared me for it. So I was just like lost in the sauce. That's so crazy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, and even nowadays, I, you know, my daughter's six. So it was, it wasn't that many years ago, but still, I, I don't remember really having a lot of those conversations either about, I had an idea of what it was, but I I never really, I was seeing my doctor regularly. I was reading all the books too. I was, you know, in the mommy blogs. I was crunchy. I was doing everything right. Yes. And I still miss the part about what I was going through or 
or what are the signs and, and symptoms and things like that and everything. So yeah, that, that is crazy because you really can just be doing the right thing and, and still kind of feel like you're somehow missing it. And, and I think too, we don't talk about it. Well, I mean, now people are talking about it. I openly talk about it um, and it becomes more normal, but I feel like the symptoms are different for every person. For yeah. me, I was screaming, I was hollering, I was crying um, uncontrollably, very extremely irritable, um, sad, but couldn't get myself together. Like everybody is different. And because we don't talk about what to look for or symptoms or anything like that, I feel like that's really where the problem lies. Right. So when you were writing your blog and you were deciding kind of to write about all these things, how did you make the decision of what stuff to kind of like really put out there and what stuff to maybe hold back and, and keep personal? When I really started talking about postpartum or mental health or mental wellness, I honestly did not give myself a don't post or don't say. I okay. think the people around me, um, not necessarily my husband, but just other people like parents and certain other people were just like, well, you overshare. I wouldn't have shared. <laughs> um, but this is the thing. So like I told them, I said, the reason why I choose to share that is because there's somebody else who looks like me or feels like I'm feeling and they can't find anybody that's talking the real about it. So if I don't talk about it, they're going to think like I was, this is, you know, I'm the only person in the world. This is going, this is happening. Mm -hmm. You know, there's no way all the other moms seem to have it together. And I'm the only one that's floundering. You know, when I would go places and see all the moms, they were well put together. And I'm like, listen, I literally just pulled this hair back in a ponytail and I'm here because I got to do a, B and C. So I felt I didn't put myself on a limit to not share you know, X, Y, or Z, because honestly, I want people to understand that um, they're not alone. So I get where people in the beginning were kind of like, you know, that I wouldn't have said that, but that's, you mm -hmm. know, I always say that's you. For me, I felt right. like you're always going to help somebody. So I'm going to say it because somebody else, they don't, they're not, they don't have a, a platform sort of say like I do. Right. Right. So how did you transition from it kind of being an idea that you, that your therapist thought of and you started doing it to where you were like, oh, I think this could actually be like a really, like a thing for me, like, uh, you know, a way for me to express myself, a way for me to kind of have a little business mm -hmm. away, you know, when did you kind of start seeing it as something bigger? It took a while, like... <laughs> it took such a while. So I believe in my first year, it was just, again, it was more hobbyist. It was more doing any kind of here and there. It didn't yeah. have any, like, I didn't have any plan with it at all. And then sort of towards the end of the second year, somebody else approached me um, that I went to a conference. You know how we go, love going to conferences, which I love to do. Yes, girl, me and my swag bag. I yes, am the there. swag bag, is, I'm here for all of that. But I went to this one conference. I'll never forget. I went to this conference and I was sharing with other people who were bloggers before me that I was going to this conference. And they were just like, well, you know, this conference is more celebrity based where people kind of go to kind of see who's going to be there. You're probably not going to get a lot out of it. Just, you know, just be on your P's and Q's. And I was just going there because I was like, I know that this is where I need to be. I felt it. I just felt it inside of me like I needed to be there. And so it took a lot because I was starting to come out of that process again from the, in the postpartum and social anxiety to just say yes, to like say yes to myself. So yeah, yeah. I got in a car, I drove from Philadelphia to New York, which was like a, a, a Christmas miracle for me. It may not seem that big for anybody, but back then it was a huge thing for me. Um, drove down there, I booked everything and I went there. And so I just kind of did the same things that I was doing. I was using Twitter, 
you know, they kept giving you the hashtags to use. And I was just using that. I ended up winning another conference that they were going to be in LA. And it was at that moment when I began to get the tools to be like, okay, I can actually turn this into a business. I can actually, you know, use my platform for something just bigger than um, just using my voice to talk or, or or using it to help somebody, but I can use this and, and do something with it. That's when it took off. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's really cool. So you were using, so when you started off and um, you were using a blog site, you were using Twitter and things, then how did you kind of come into starting to use social media? So Twitter was my adult space. So <laughs> Twitter was just a space. <laughs> I didn't need to constantly talk to other people who were not parents and or people who were parents, but just other adults because I was in my I'm sick of seeing Caillou phase. I'm oh sick of seeing these shows because yes. <laughs> um, I was a stay-at-home parent at the time, and I was like, "Listen, I got to be able to communicate and find out what's happening." So it went from Twitter to Instagram. But when I went into Instagram, I was just putting like a quote up or something like that, or stuff that I'd seen online or whatever the case may be. It wasn't the way it is now. It wasn't me creating content. It wasn't me focusing that content on certain things. It was just, hey, I'm talking about anger today. And so I may have put something up that said anger or some type of quote. And then I just kind of moved on. Okay. Yeah. So that's kind of how that went. Yeah. Um, I, I love that. I, I remember, like, I really did, because I'm a millennial, I grew up with social media, so I grew up with all, like, kind of seeing how it transformed from one space to to another space. Right. So how would you tell people who right now would kind of want to get into the the lifestyle side of it, the lifestyle blogging side, um, to start with building up their social media presence? Like, how did you kind of do that? And how would you advise people to do that? So one, um, my biggest rule for myself personally is to understand why. Why am I doing this? What is my goal? I ask myself that constantly. It's not something that I just write and kind of forget. It's always in the back of my mind. It's always what I put something out as like, what is my purpose? And first of all, get that very clear. And the reason why I say that is because as you matriculate down the line, you're going to be getting sent things. People are going to want you to do things. And you've got to be clear so that you can say no to the things that, that don't serve you and yes to the things that do. Um, when it comes to social media, figure out what your personal cadence is and stick to it. You don't have to do it multiple times a day like I do it. You can do it once a day. You could do it once a week. But whatever that cadence is, make sure that you stick to it. And another thing is, Learn to work your blog like a full-time job, even if it's not. I used to work and do the blog, and I would literally at night, once the kids went down, I would mm -hmm. dedicate a few hours to getting everything done so I could have everything ready to go so it could be ready to go for the next day. And I dedicated that space to knowing that eventually, once I figured out that you could make this business, that I wanted to make sure that I treated it like such so that I would be a great way for people to come and say, okay, I need to find a resource or I need to look for certain things and just do it that way. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Because it, it is something that you have to have to work at. And it's something for me, you know, I'm posting all the time. So right. I'm, I'm posting across platforms and, and a couple of times a day on different things. And you have to like curate your stuff to where on Twitter it'd be one way and on Facebook it'd be a yes. different way. Um, Big I had Canva. Actually... Canva is your friend. <laughs> yes, yes. Canva, Canva is, is definitely... your friend. Canva has helped me to be able to, you know, move things a certain way because, again, every 
you know, as you know, platforms have different ways by which you need to show up. So yeah, you know, there's ways of having tools to help you to do it a little quicker, a little more efficient, but yeah, me and Campbell, we go together for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, definitely. It, it really does. Um, so you add in and then so not just with the lifestyle side of it so you add in a lot of mental health do you have a background in mental health or how did you kind of decide to do that was it just through your therapist and kind of through like your life lessons that you decided to kind of go down that road yes so oftentimes i um collaborate with a therapist um to make sure that whatever i'm saying isn't going to be something that's going to be harmful to someone because the way i may see it and the way that it needs to be said is two different things so 90 percent of the time i am you know working with a therapist to make sure that the wordage is is correct number one number two i do bring in a lot of my personal experiences which i try to be very honest to say that certain things just won't work for everybody right um you know saying self-care self-care and somebody goes and get a bubble bath and they get out that bath and life is still kicking them in the behind it may not necessarily work but it could work with self-care and maybe talking to a therapist or it could work with self-care and maybe being on medication so i'm very clear of saying that there are multiple ways of, of handling you because only you and whomever, if you're working with a professional, will know what you need. Sometimes when people post, they think that, okay, I tried it the way she did it and it's not working. It's not supposed to. You're right. supposed to figure out what it is that you like, the things that you uh, gravitate to, the things that you need. There's been times where I have not taken medication. There's times when I've had to take medication. There's been times when I've had to go and maybe increase my therapy around maybe certain holidays or certain things that I know will trigger me. It's a personal walk. So I'm very clear and making sure that that is understood. Right. Yeah. No, I, I really do love that. And I think that a lot of times um, trying to find a therapist or trying to find the right type of therapy for you can be really like trial and error and hit or miss. You know, you mm -hmm. have to try a few different things and and kind of see what you like. And some things don't work for everybody. And I think it's good to also try things together. Um, you know, as a vet, I use the VA hospital a lot and use their mental health services, which some leaves a lot to be desired. But <laughs> one of the issues a lot of vets throw out is, you know, they're just throwing medicine at me, throwing medicine at me. And I'm like, you can't discount medicine 100%, but it's something that you need to do along with something else, you know? So, yeah, if you do, say you are a runner and you need to be outside and you need to be running and that's a way for you to really have self-care and clear your head, but you need to do that and take medication, you know, right. or do that and go to therapy and different things. And it's not just going to be one thing. I think that's really, really so, and you so know, important. One thing I also want to say, a couple of months ago, I started to realize this was like kind of like when the winter was kind of ending, but spring hadn't sprung just yet. I had went to my doctor. I specifically made the appointment to talk to my doctor about maybe thinking about medication. And one of the things that I went into the appointment with, which I made sure that one, we have to realize that there's a lot of control with these appointments that we don't realize the power that we have. I went in saying, if I'm going to take medication, these are certain things that I don't want to be messed with. I don't want to have to the point where I'm zoned out. Yeah. I, I need to be active. I want something that's going to help with maybe helping with sleep, but not making me groggy. Um, certain things that's not going to mess with my libido. Like I want to make sure that certain things are not messed with. And so I feel like sometimes when we say, go to your doctor and talk about medication, if you should need that, we allow them to just throw it at us. And yeah. the reality of it is, is that go in there with the mindset of certain things that you know for sure 
just won't work. And also know that if something doesn't work, it's okay. We try, we go back and we say, okay, is there a dose that we can bring down? Is there a certain medication that we can change? We have a lot of power. Our doctors are amazing people. They do their their work to help us, but we mm-hmm. also have to remember we are in control. There are certain things that you have to learn to speak up and advocate for yourself for. Right. And and sometimes they won't really tell you all of the side effects or they won't really think that they're kind of a big deal. I I remember <laughs> having one therapist who talked about the libido issue with being on SSRIs um, and different anti-anxiety, anti-depression meds. And I had told her, I said, you're the first person who brought it up like it was a big deal. I said, because people, you know, you're at a therapist and they're they're talking and stuff. Well, you know, this is a side effect. Okay, I understand that. And to be quite frank, I you're saying that basically you're not going to kill yourself, but then you also are going to have no type of sex drive at all. Yeah, I made that. You know, and that's listen. not fair for people to, you know. Like, I need that to be right. Like, right. <laughs> but you have to know yourself. Like, for me, that would not work. Um that just would create another stress somewhere. So like, right, you know, right, exactly. But again, you have to know yourself. And, and, a, and a part of this journey too, is that you may not know yourself. So you may be in the beginning stages and you have to be okay with that to know that eventually you'll figure out like certain things just don't want to be touched with. And I, you know, this has been a couple of years of some medications, some not. And I'm like, these are certain things or things with my hair. I don't want my right. hair to be like falling out. Like, you know, certain things are important. And so I bring those things up with every appointment that I have. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that is, that's insanely very important. Also, I I wanted to touch on the things when you were talking about posting things, you know, it is once you make the decision to kind of be in the public eye, you know, um, be an influencer and things like that, you do have a level of responsibility to your fans and to the people who are consuming your media mm-hmm. to be accurate, you know, and mm-hmm. and to be honest and things. And I think it's very important to consult other people before posting or even in just looking things up. There was a, a friend of mine actually was telling me there was some drama on uh, some Instagram pages for different psychologists because one of them a, a actual psych was saying this stuff isn't accurate information they're posting and nobody who works here or works for this organization is actually you know a therapist or anything like that and they're putting out information that could be harmful and i think that is something that is so so important we do owe a responsibility to people and you know, you can't just pander all of these things or say yes to everything and put stuff out because some of the information just might not might not be good. And that's the reason why I double check a lot of things and a lot of things too. This is why when like companies will say, oh, this is great for self-care. This is great for mm. mental health. And I'm like, let me try it first before I even commit to even working with you. Let me try it and see how I feel with it, if it does work, or if I feel like there is a relief because certain products don't always do that. Some products have you know, good intentions, but they don't always correlate. And so I have never worked with any company by which I haven't tried something that they've sent prior to committing, even before committing to even work as a collaboration. I've been very clear about that. I've had several companies get very upset by the fact that I just chose not to, but I can't put something out and say, yeah, I think this is a great product for people. And and, and I understand what may not work for me may work for somebody else. But when you try certain things, it's like, listen, y'all need to stop. Like this is not even nowhere near helping in any way. So I am very clear to say, no, I'm sorry. Right, right. 
So since you have personally experienced with therapists and everything, how would you tell kind of like black women who are struggling and kind of like looking for help specifically, like where to go and kind of how to find help? Because I think it is kind of a, um, our symptoms are not always the same. And I know that when you're talking about things like eating disorders, they present different in black women than they do in white women. And the same for things like post-traumatic stress, same thing for postpartum depression. Um, so from your experience, how would you give advice to black women who are kind of seeking help? I sometimes feel like, again, it's not a black or a white thing when it comes to, you know, if your therapist is black, it's going to be better if your therapist is white. But what I will say is that it's very true that there are certain nuances that happen in our own community that you have to, the therapist has to be aware of. Because I remember going to a therapist and they were telling me different meals to try that, oh, it's going to be great. You know, add this to your wellness plan. And I'm like, I don't even need that. You know what I mean? And so, yeah. you know, they didn't even give me the option of saying, well, here are some other ones that you can try that may fit. Like I want to have maybe foods that are like, for me, I'm actually vegan and I will eat um, things that are not vegan when I'm out trying other things, but at home I, I eat strictly vegan food. And so I find a right. food vegan thing that while I'm allowed to switch up the, 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 the recipes, for instance, but when it comes to mental health, sometimes I will tell people, listen, the first step is to go to your doctor. Your doctor may or may not be black or whatever the case may be, but then maybe seek out a therapist that is, um, that is black because you may be able to relate more. There's things that I can tell a black therapist that for instance, if I said, you know, my kids were in here and I had to like yell up the steps, they would think, oh, she's being angry and she's yelling at her kids. I'm like, no, my kids just can't hear. I'm screaming up the steps. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and it doesn't mean that I'm some angry parent that's like howling at their kids 24 seven. Um, right. And so I would say go to a therapist. There's a therapist for everyone. And I and I truly mean that you can find a therapist that's more faith based, that still believes in going to get therapy versus just praying it away. There's right. therapy for all kinds of you know ways. And the first step is if you say, OK, I want to get therapy. I'm not sure. Try going on to things like BetterHelp where you can actually pick out your therapist as far as like the, you know, the race of the, the, if they're women, if they're male, if they're transgender, like you can pick out all these different, you know, yeah, things that you yeah. need that you feel are comfortable. But even after you've done that, always know that whatever you've done, you can always undo. Like I've had a therapist where I'm like, this ain't going to work. We're not going to And so I, you can change. I feel like people don't realize that they can stop and start again and find someone else. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And there's been times I've had to say, like, I didn't like somebody and I wasn't going to go um, see them. And, and I remember finding a, having a new therapist and walking into her office and seeing she had like uh, breast pumps and everything because she was a new mom and newly nursing. And so was I. So for me, that right there, that little connection was like, oh, this is a way that I felt very connected with her because it was somebody who was kind of going through a similar thing or the same thing and stuff. And I, and I think that's really important for people mm -hmm. and not to feel bad. If it, if the relationship doesn't fit, it's okay. Like you're not going to hurt their feelings. Right. You, know, you can, if you don't want to tell them, you can tell the reception people, Hey, I really right. don't think I want to see this person anymore. And, and I and think be okay with that. And you know, too, 
I was thinking about too, sometimes we get frustrated because when you start therapy and then you have to get a new therapist, you really have to start almost start for all the way over. Start all over again. Yeah. And I used to get frustrated by that because it was like, I got to retell this story about why am I here? Like I'm here because, and, and that because will change. There's been times when I've gone because of multiple reasons. And I, I had to keep reminding myself, I'm developing a new relationship with someone who's going to help me and give me some new skills. And so I have to always like sometimes remind myself that myself and take that deep breath and start with that story again. Like I am here because, and sometimes we can get frustrated if you've been going to therapy for a while that you like, I got to start this story or people who have never been say, what's the first thing I should say? Honestly, your therapist should be more of a guide. They should be able to say, hi, hello. Why are you here? What brings you here? And mm -hmm. make you feel comfortable enough for you to talk. And trust me, you're not going to solve world problems <laughs> in your first therapy. You're not <laughs> going to come out and feel like you feeling, you know, engaged. And you may come out sometimes in therapy angry. You may yeah. come out of therapy and feel tired. I feel like one time, a couple of times I've come out of therapy and I was just so drained. I'm like, I told my husband, like, it's your turn. I got to go to sleep. I'm so drained from whatever we were talking about that I need to take a nap. And I feel like sometimes the movie theaters will have you thinking that you come out of therapy and you're smiling and happy. You may be crying. You may be upset. Yeah. You may be blah. Like there's a lot of emotions that are going to be had. So that's another thing to keep in mind as well. Yeah, yeah, that definitely, definitely is true. Sometimes it's just exhausting. Mm, um, exhausting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I hated when I would have therapy either like in the morning or kind of the middle of the day and then have to come finish doing my day because it would be, you know, some days you are just like, now I have to go back to work and I'm crying and I'm like, I'm yeah, I, that's why I always make mine in the evening. It just, yeah, I know me. <laughs> and unless I have like a day where I have nothing to do, I'm going to always make for me because that works for me to make my appointments in the evening. Right. Yeah. So how one of the things that I, I liked about just your blog and, and your pictures and kind of the way you have your whole thing, it is very you. Um, how do you stay true to yourself and kind of not get sucked down, I guess, the world of like thirst traps or putting out things that that necessarily aren't really who you are and to gain more followers or to get a bigger um, presence online? I have, I, again, I have always tried to maintain the fact that like I was having this conversation, it would be the same if I showed up on my stories. It would be the same if you saw me in person. I want to be who I am. I can't change, I can't change me. And for so many years though, I've, I struggled with who is toy, like who am I? And I'm okay with being a little quirky. I'm okay with having these little things. And I want that to come out in my content so that when you see me, and I'm acting quirky and I'm doing all these things. It's, it's not, it's not anything different. And I feel like that works for me because I don't have to put a potion out to like track people into like following me. You know, you're going to resonate with me because I'm going to tell you the truth. I'm going to tell you how I feel. I'm going to tell you this is how it is today. And today may not be a good day or try again tomorrow. Like that's who I am. And I try to keep that across the board because I don't have time to play the chameleon thing. I think in my twenties, I played a lot of that. And mm. as I got older, I'm just like, who has time, who has time to change and put a different mask on today? The only mask I want to put on is one that's going to make my face glow outside of that. Yeah. I, I don't have the energy to keep switching it up. You know, one person, I'm one person, my stories, another person on post, another person on TikTok. Like I just keep it the same. Right. And I think that's why people find it's hard to kind of make content um because they're trying so hard to put out something that's not necessarily them you know right. for me 
part of my whole brand is just myself. You know, I'm a mother. Um, I have a kid, you know, I love clothes. <laughs> I love shoes. Right. You know, so I do, I have a lot of like me getting ready or me showing, you know, my outfits and there's other people who that's might not be your thing and it might not be what you're comfortable with and that's okay, but it, it can come across as very unnatural when people are trying to do different things and stuff and and I and people just and I think that's why it makes it hard because people are like well how do you put stuff out all the time I'm like because I'm just putting out whatever I'm doing if I'm cooking today <laughs> and I you know I love to cook I'm gonna make some cooking videos if you know I'm planning an outfit for an event coming up then I'm you're probably gonna see me get ready or you know different things like that I I try to make it as simple as possible for me you know, in, in my head. And I, and I think that's why it makes it easier probably for you as well to continually put out content every day because it's not a stretch from what you're actually doing. Right. I mean, I have content doing the weirdest of things because that's what I do. Like right. legit <laughs> every day there is something going on. I may take a quick 30 second uh, video and I'm like, oh, you know, today is something that I felt encouraged to share. And that works for me. I, I try not to do like a lot of the, you know, and I, there are trends that, you know, trending sounds. But when I hear when I hear a trending sound, to be honest with you, I, I always go to something about mental health or therapy because yeah. there are so many yeah. people who, again, are like, what's going to happen when I first go into that appointment? So a lot of times you'll see me doing that first appointment where you're not as comfortable, but then you are. Like I try to hear a trending sound and I listen to, when I hear trending sounds, I just listen to how can this be used in a good way to help somebody else. Yeah. That. Wow. That's I such a good really, way to look at that. Yeah, yeah. Because a lot of people will see like the trending videos and the trending sounds and they want to do what they, what they saw somebody else do. And I'm like, that's cute. And I will like that person's post. It may be funny. It may be all the things, but when I'm personally listening to it, it's like, I'm listening. So how can I use that particular sound that will help someone? Yeah. That's it. Like I, I you know, if I'm going to watch it for entertainment purposes, that's different. But if I'm going to use it, it has to make sense. Right. Right. So I wanted to talk a little bit about your your podcast that you have, um, Conversations with Toys. So how did kind of that come about out of the whole, you know, the whole thing that you're doing? So I've always wanted to do a podcast. Like I I, it, I never put the, the blog and the podcast on the table at the same time until a couple of years ago, but I've mm -hmm. always wanted to do it. And I was like, eventually down the line, I'll get to that. But in my mind, I always thought you had to have like, this really expensive equipment, you needed all these different things. And I was like, there's no way I can like, you know, add more things for the, for the content creation lifestyle to be adding more things to, you know, to bring into the mix. And one day I was on Twitter, of course. And as I was on Twitter, I saw this thing say good pods and it hadn't, even, they didn't have that many, um, that many tweets. So I slid into their DMs and I was like, is there somebody that I can talk to about getting some basic equipment to start this? I want to start a podcast. And little do I know I was, um, a person reached out to me and it happened to be, uh, one of the creators of good pods. Now, if you haven't heard of them, I'll put a quick plug in. They're just a great place, a platform for podcasters to claim their podcast and then do all kinds of things. You can monetize on there. You can do all kinds of things on there. Yeah. And they're like the Instagram of podcasts, right? So the, you know, it was one of the creators who reached out to me, didn't realize that she was best friends with um, She Media of one of the, the, the CEO of She Media. And I had no idea that they had knew each other. 
I didn't even go into it trying to make the connection. It just happened that the connection was there and I'm a part of She Media. Um, And so she basically gave me the rundown of like how basic I didn't need to even have a bunch of anything. I could literally record from my laptop. I could do this. I could do that. And from there, that's how I was like, you know what? Let's take the sleep of faith. And I went found somebody to do the cover art from Fever. It like, you know, there's all these different tools that we have that we don't mm-hmm. realize are right there. And that's how it started. And I figure because I wanted to be a blogcast, which means I already use my voice in a way on, you know, blogs. I wanted to actually use my actual voice to bring in guests who have different aspects, different parts of some things I'm like, I've never even heard of before. Right. They're yeah. going to reach somebody else who may need that for their health, their mental health, their wellness, or whatever the case may be. Right. Oh, no, I love that. And um, yeah, I think that sometimes when you start something, it can be just so simple, you know, from you starting your blog initially, just using what you had already. I had my phone. I didn't even have a laptop. I started my blog on a phone and it wasn't even an iPhone back then. I think it was like, um, oh my gosh, it was my Blackberry. I had a Blackberry back in the day and that's how I started. Wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When I started this podcast, you know, I started on my phone um, and just my old laptop that I have that sometimes it might be better to not have a laptop. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, and it's always these people think it's this big, huge thing when you start. And I'm like, no, I just looked it up and I was like, all right, how can I kind of start this and get this off the ground with like not really needing anything? And you really can and really take off. And I think if you keep some things very simple, it just makes it so much easier. You know, if I, if we would have started off and went and bought some expensive camera and trying to do all that, like that we can't even use that we, you know, you know how do you, I, I was like, that's the thing. I was like, I don't even, I don't need anything else. I'm already trying to manage enough. So I don't need anything <laughs> else. So I got to now look at a YouTube to teach me how to use A, B, and C to just put my voice out there. So no, I, I, it, simple and simplicity is definitely the key. Yes. No, exactly. Um, I definitely, definitely love that. And you guys definitely have to check out um, her podcast, Conversations with Toy. It's available on basically all, all podcast uh, Platform. platforms. Mm-hmm. So I would like to ask you if you have anything that you would like to just kind of leave our guests with um, or a plug for anything that you have that's upcoming. Um. Yes, I... I always like to end podcasts with just, again, encouraging people. I know that self-care will not solve all your problems, but I do call myself the self-care queen because I realized there's so many times that if I was struggling with certain things that were happening in my life, it was because of all the missed opportunities to say yes to myself. You know, I like to go to the nail salon. I like to do all those different things, but something as simple as taking 15 minutes to read a magazine because I was just trying to be super mom and all these other different things. And it's like, I can say yes to myself to give myself permission to say, I'm worthy of, you know, spending some time quietly. I'm worthy of taking a ride just to clear my head. I'm worthy of taking a walk to just make sure that I'm one, keeping myself together, but also just to get myself centered. Like, and I want people to understand that self-care has become a new thing of its own. Self-care has become a multi-billion you know, transaction. And reality of it is, just like we talked about the simplicity of the podcasting and the equipment, self-care does not have to be as dramatic as we make it. Now, I'm not against getting a facial. I'm not against getting massages. I'm not against any of those things. Those are great when you can afford to do that. But for the folks who are just like me, who had 
kids and on a budget and couldn't, you know, ball out of control. I learned how to just take a bubble bath and sit in that water and just kind of like zone out for a bit because that gave me the strength to get back up to clean up, throw up in the middle of the night when a kid would get sick. Uh, that would give me enough strength to show yes. up to work when I'm at my wits end because my boss doesn't listen to anything that I have to say. It's about just taking that space. And so if I can encourage someone to take that space, know that you're worthy, you can do these things and just take care of yourself. That is the biggest thing that I want to leave with, you know, with the people who are listening, because I believe if they're listening to this podcast, it's a reason they need to be reminded that taking care of you isn't something you do as an afterthought. Taking care of you is something that you do so you can take care of all the 1000 things that you have on your plate. Take care of you. Yes. Wow. Um, that is, that was great. Um, Thank you so much. And I really hope that that resonates with you guys. It definitely resonates with me. Uh, I think that it is self-care has become such a big booming business that sometimes we forget that there is a lot of little simple things we can do. And there's a lot of people who can't afford, honestly, to do all the extravagant stuff. Right. I was one so, of those people that could not afford it. So right. I learned very quickly how to be very frugal, but yet make sure that I put me first. Right, exactly. So um, let people know where they can uh, find you online. Sure. So first of all, the blog is at Toy Time, which is T-O-I-T-I-M-E dot org. That is where the blog is hosted. Um, follow me there. There's um, different categories that you can click on for things that you may need. Click on it, enjoy it, share it. Um, I'm on all social media, literally all, as Toy Time Blog. If you look up Toy Time Blog, spelled the same as T-O-I-T-I-M-E-B-L-O-G, you will find me all over the socials. Um, and again, if you want to slide in my DM and ask me a question about something that you're afraid to ask someone else, I will do my best to give you that answer and to make sure that if I need to consult with somebody else that I will do that. But I'm just there to help someone else make sure that they are together mentally from their, from the top to the bottom. And so that's where you can find me. That's where I'm at. And I hope that if someone, if you do meet me in real life, trust me, just say hi. I've had somebody that was like, couple weeks ago, somebody was like, oh my gosh, I follow you. And I was like, hey, we're not really following. This is a community. I'm trying to build a community of people that are turn, learning how to step out and enjoy their life, even if they have whatever mental health going on. This is a community. I don't like the whole follower thing, but yeah. I understand what they were saying, but that's what you'll get when you talk to me. Right. I, and I hope that we can meet hopefully next time I'm down in Philly. Um, we can get to get together sometime, or if you come up here to the Poconos, want to come up I here am trying to get and... to the Poconos. I'm trying to get a collab. I'm trying to get a collaboration. I want to go to the Poconos. It's one of those, those, uh, things on my list. So when I do make that happen, I'll have to connect for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's where it's already a little. Thank you for listening to Politics But Make It Fashion. My website is www.ambervila.com. You can follow me on Instagram at Amber underscore underscore Viola, on Facebook, Amber Viola, or you can follow me on Twitter at Queen Black. That's Q U E E N B L A Q U. Chat soon. You can find Politics But Make It Fashion on Instagram at Politics But Make It Fashion 1 and on TikTok at Politics But Make It Fashion. Chat soon.